0: Bless you, Jerry. Romans chapter 1. If you're glad to be here, say amen. We're glad for you tonight. Boy, I miss lots of people for whatever reason, and I'm real loud up here, David, it sounds like to me. Uh, I know a lot of folks are sick. I'll tell you what, Todd's girls have really been in a battle. Debbie and I thank you from the depths of our heart for your prayers for them. Allison is better. Maggie seems to be over hers. Matter of fact, Debbie got a text from Misty, and she told uh, Debbie how she felt and how Allison was doing, and she said, Maggie's taking care of both of us, so that's kind of sweet, but uh, Allison's still got a ways to go. She has been a very, very sick child. I'll tell you, when a a teenager tells her mom or dad, look, I need to go to the hospital, you know they're sick. So I I honestly thought, I understood that she might have pneumonia, but it's not, it's a Infection in her lungs and uh, they're battling that and I'm glad that it's not pneumonia But uh, we appreciate, appreciate your prayers Someone else testimony before we start a lesson tonight, chapter 1 of the book of Romans I'm going to begin in verse 1, read down through and include verse 8 And it's a very good possibility that we finish up uh, the salutation of Paul uh, It's possible, everything's possible with the Lord, right? Paul, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel, which he had promised, the gospel of God, I'm sorry, the gospel of God, which he, meaning God, had promised aforetime by his prophets and the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead or out from among the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name, among whom are ye also called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we've been looking at this salutation of the Apostle Paul. It actually continues down to about verse about verse eighteen. Paul completes it, but uh, it's one of the longest. No, actually, it is the longest the Apostle Paul has written in any of his epistles. And the love that Paul had for the Church of Rome, having been there. He wanted people to know Him. He wanted them to be introduced to Him and get to know Him in a long-distance way so that when He did get there, they would know something about Him. A boy had a heart for God, or for the people of God and the work of God, and we'll find that out in the next section, verses 8 through 13, when we look at the heart of the Apostle Paul. Last week, I dealt with verses Verses three and four, and I'm going to lift a couple of things out of that again. I'm just not satisfied with it. I listen to myself teach, and that's hard. It, it's y'all may not understand that. How many of you all like listening to your voice on a cassette tape? Yeah, I mean it's hard. And yep, you, you, you ever have a teacher to anybody in the class get their fingernails on a bulletin or on a blackboard and just you know. Sometimes that's the way it sounds to us when we listen to ourselves. But it's a good practice. I figure if you all are willing to listen to me, I ought to every now and then. I ought to, and to check, you know, see if I, see how, not if, see how many crazy things or dumb things I wanted to say, I say. But, uh, but anyway, it's a good, it's a good practice. It, it is a good exercise, but it's hard. But I'm going to lift a couple of things back up. We looked, at, we looked at the name of Jesus last week. We looked at the fact that He was God's Son. We looked at the fact that His name is Jesus, which means Deliverer or Savior. And I, I told you last week, I think it's marvelous. Of all the names that God could have given His Son, He chose Jesus. But when you begin to think about it, there's another name that God could have given His Son because that's who He was and what He came to do to deliver and save people from their sins. We looked at His title the word Christ, that's his title. And then we looked at the fact that the Lord represented or spoke of his authority. And the Lord Jesus Christ, as I'm taught by scholars and theologians, that's his, that's his full name. But I wanted to back up a little bit and, and kind of destruct these two verses again just a little bit. Because look at the parallels that's in it. Look at verse 3. We said, he said, now look, he, he said, the Old Testament, this gospel of God plus the Old Testament... In essence, it's all about Christ. That's exactly what he said. We looked at some scriptures in Luke chapter 24 on the day of Jesus' resurrection, how that he spoke and referred the two on the road to Emmaus back to the Holy Scriptures, back to the law, the prophets, and uh, and, uh, uh, the Psalms. All that was in the Scripture, shouldn't, shouldn't the Son of Man fulfill all of it? Uh, that evening, when they met back up in the upper room, that, uh, of that same day, Jesus referred them back to the Scriptures. That's when He gave the division of the Law of Moses, the Psalms, and the Prophets. So, uh, He said those things were concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, watch this. Watch this in verse 3. Made, which was made of the seed of David... According to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Now, we dealt with that to some degree last week, but I, I, I want us to do a little bit more to it. I want us to tear it down. Look, when you begin to think about, when you begin to think about Jesus being made of the seed of David, that talks no doubt about his humanity. No doubt it talks about Him being uh, God manifest in the flesh. No doubt it talks about Him being a man. And when you look at, that, at the next verse, when it says He's declared to be the Son of God, that no doubt talks about His divinity, His deity, the fact that He is God, was God, and always shall be God. But, but, but look at what verse 3 says, which was made of the seed of David. Now, if you remember last week, I made mention, I know other places, the Word of God says He was born, right? Born of a virgin, Mary. Uh, But here in this verse and in Galatians 4, 4, He was made, made of the seed of David. The Bible says in Galatians 4, 4 and 5, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law. I got to digging in that word just a little bit today. And I'm not going to exhaust it, believe me. I never exhaust anything but myself. Um, but but I, I do want to go a little bit deeper with that and give you something that, uh, that I found out about that. When you begin to think about the word born, that would have the idea of coming into existence. Would you agree with that? Everybody in here that's experienced a birth, say amen. You didn't exist anywhere except in the mind of God before the day of your birth. And when mother gave you birth, of course, you'd been alive nine months before that. Roughly that time, you'd been been a late baby, an early baby. If you're a man, you're early. If you're a woman, you're late. You're all a little slow now. Got to do better. Um, but, But anyway, I don't know where those things come from. They're not in my notes, Greg. What can I say? Uh but, but we're you know it we, we, we come into existence, the idea is. Well, we talked last week and we said Jesus, when he was birthed, that wasn't his beginning as far as his existence. He always existed. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God, from the vanishing point to the vanishing point. Thou art God. But when he puts it here, he said, Look, he was made of the seed of David, and then I'll get the uh, the next uh, phrase, according to the flesh. What do you think if you look at the word "made," and when you begin to think about it, the word "made" means to be formed or fashioned. Here's the idea. See, I'm excited. Y'all, are not sure. I'm not sure where y'all are going to be, but I hope you are. Once I say this, you see, Jesus is already in existence. Y'all agree with that? Say, Amen. He he existed as God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in this process of God bringing forth His Son into this world and fleshing out His Word, He took what was in existence already and formed it, or fashioned it, into the likeness of man. Does that make sense? Now see, that excites me to death. Wendell. When I got looking at this, when I began to look at the word formed, it had to do with being made or changed. Taking something that already is in existence and changing it. I don't know. Y'all may not like that but I I liked it greatly. I liked it greatly. And, And he said now, according to the seed of David I mean, the implications of that phrase is amazing. If we would go into a study on that, it would take us Back a long way in the Old Testament, not going to do that, but go on to down to verse 4. And it says he was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness. Now, when he talks about the word declared, y'all ever look that word declared up? It means to be horizoned. Now, I don't know, when, when people do Greek word lexicon studies, they get more out of it than I generally do. I mean, when, when I look at a strong concordance, I'm just going to be all honest with you. I go away scratching my head as much as I do anything. Oh, there are times that I've got great jewels out of studying, you know, lexicons, especially Wiest's word study in the, in the Greek New Testament. I, I, I love Wiest, but he expands and, and he'll expound on what, you know, the Greek, has said but I have a hard time when they go when they go says now in Romans one and five and you got number one or a b c d e f g and it 's got different do you know what i'm saying i I just have trouble picking out exactly what i' i 'm going to pick out now i hope i'm going somewhere right with this, but when I study this word out that where it says jesus declared it means that he was horizoned i thought man i 'm not I'm not sure that I understand that. And then I began to uh, read just a little bit, and you, you know what that means? That means that means that he was marked out in a unique way. I don't know. That's pretty to me. He was arisen. He was declared. He was marked out. Now we talked about his resurrection last week. If you remember, made mention of the rebellion that a man by the name of Korah led. He had a man by the name of Dothan and a Byram that followed him. I couldn't think of Dothan's name last week. You all remember that God did something mighty in the 16th chapter, I believe it is, 15th, 15th chapter, I believe it is, of the book of Numbers. When God sent the ground open up, they went down alive into the pit. The very next day, the children of Israel began to murmur against God's people again against Moses and Aaron. And if you remember, I told you this plainly, be careful, when you, when you complain on God's men, you're complaining on God. Everybody go back to Numbers chapter 16, and I, I want to emphasize a verse that I just totally missed last week. I should have had us to turn there, but I didn't. Chapter 16 of the book of Numbers. And, and look at what God, I, I, the Word of God is amazing. The Word of God is absolutely amazing. Chapter 17, I'm sorry. God told Moses, he said, now look, you tell, you tell all the tribes of Israel, the heads of the tribes of Israel, to bring their staff. I want you to take Aaron's staff. It's like I said, used to be Moses' staff. And you bring it in the tabernacle, into the tent. You bring it in the holy place, and, and you lay it up before the Lord. You, you put it in there. You go home, you go to bed, and in the morning, the man whose rod... Has budded and blossomed, bloomed and bears and bears fruit. This is the man whom I have called. I'm, I'm a, you know what he's saying he is, I'm going to put this mummer into rest. He said, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take away the ability for the nation of Israel to mummer against the people that I've chosen. Now remember, those staffs were were seasoned pieces of wood. They weren't green at all. I have read where they were carved or on that, on that staff, that, that wood pole they used um, that, that the history of their particular tribe was, was etched out in that. It's carved out in that. I, I like the thought. That's a beautiful thought. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I have read. And in the morning when they got up, Aaron's rod looked different than all the rest of their rods. Aaron's was bearing life is to me the most beautiful picture of the resurrection in the Old Testament. Look if you will with me in verse um, in verse seven i 'll pick it up in verse seven. Let me pick it up in verse five, and this will get the, this will get the uh, idea of what 's going on in the camp and It came to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom, and I will make to cease the mummerings of the children of Israel, whereby they mummer against you God talking. Uh, to Moses and Aaron. And Moses and, spake unto the children of Israel, Every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece, for each prince one according to their father's houses, even twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among the rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness, and it came to pass that on the morrow uh, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, brought forth buds, and bloomed blossoms, and yielded fruit. And Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord unto the children of Israel. And they looked, and every man his rod. And here's the verse I wanted to get to. I read all those others to get to this. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels, and thou shalt quite take away their lumberings from me that they die not isn't that beautiful god put that thing to rest with a rod that he calls to bud and blossom and bring forth fruit i just think that's amazing anyway i like that now look he goes on twice he says in verse 3 and 4 according to according to now if i can find my note that i wrote down according to According to the definition of that means in conformity with, in agreement with, or after the manner of. I like that. He was made, he was made the seed of David according to the flesh. In, in, In a manner that was fitting for that, in conformity to David. That's the way he was made, and the other one, as far as resurrection, in conformity to the power of God. So, Anyway, let's move on. Questions, comments? Took on on the form of a man, the fashion. Let me read you a verse real quick out of Philippians 2, and this this will help explain it better than my verbiage will. He said in chapter 2 of the book of Philippians, and this is the great what they call kenosis passage, which is the self-emptying of Christ. In verse 6, "...who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God." but made of himself no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man, being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So there are the words fashioned and formed that I had in my definition that goes right along with what I was trying to bring out and explain. Verse 5. And he says, It's by this man who was made uh, in uh, in the flesh uh, from the seed of David, who was proven or declared, horizoned or marked out as the Son of God by the resurrection of the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His namesake. Now, we, we talked about apostles and apostleship and the office of the apostles sometime, sometime back and I told Mike that we'd look at this and deal with it a little bit more again when we got to verse 5. Philip, can you remember the text that you sent me? Can, can, you, can you explain your thoughts on that again? Do you remember how you wrote them to me in that text? When you broke it down and just for instance like to kind of prime your mind you said by whom? Speaking of God we talking about the Christians and you remember that? And I enjoyed that. I remembered it. That's why I was asking if you remembered, if you'd care to share. And it says, listen now, by whom? By God we have received grace. The ability now. It's not talking about saving grace, and I'll show you that in a minute. The, the grace uh, and apostleship, which we've been called to. Everybody, everybody in here that's saved, say amen. Well, you know, the Bible gives us the commission that we are going to all the world and preach the gospel. We're, we're to make disciples, all of us, not just the pastors, not just the, not just the apostles, not just the um, uh, prophets or, or the evangelists or the pastors and the teachers, all of us. All of us have been commissioned. And I like what, I like what Brother Philip had to say. And he says, for obedience unto the faith among all nations... For His namesake, we've got a message to take to everyone. But let's break it down just just a little, just a little bit more. Here He said in, in verse 5, He said, By whom? You know that's by Jesus Christ. We have received grace. Somebody tell us what grace is. Unmerited favor. And we like that. that we know that we're saved by grace through faith. No other way. It is the gift of God. The word grace means grace. Unmerited favor, meaning that it is something that God gifts us with. Not that we deserve it, we needed it. I could go back and give you uh, how the Greeks coined or came up with the word grace, but I don't think the Lord would want me to take that time. But it's a remarkable thing Remarkable thing to know. But is that the only way grace can be applied or is that the only definition that grace has? How, how does grace affect us in our life? it affects all parts and that's well said that covers it all it, it, it covers the fact of us being saved, staying saved and everything that we do because we are saved here I believe the word grace is speaking about here and and uh, we're going to try to show you that is that this has to do with the enablement God gives us to be a Christian and also to perform those ministries that God has enabled us to do. Everybody in here, everybody in here, with all my heart, I believe, I know, according to the Word of God, you've got some gift. If you agree with that, say amen. I believe that. I don't, I don't know what yours is. I absolutely don't know what yours is. I've heard my brother talk about, don't know why, you know, the Lord's got him here or whatever, but but he cuts grass every summer and the grounds along with the others that cut it look really good. Say amen there. That's a ministry. That is a ministry. If the only thing that you do when it comes time for us to eat when we have church dinners is to make lumpy mashed potatoes, make them. That's a ministry. And don't worry that you can't come down here and cut grass. You'd probably get in the way anyway. I can't sing in the choir. Don't get in the choir then. If you can't carry tune in a bucket, don't get in the choir unless you just go up there to pray. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, we've all got a gift. We've all been enabled by God's grace to do whatever it is we do. To do. Turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 No, it's a good point Judy Not every gift is a visible gift And we're going to go on and pick up the word apostle here in a minute too Because Mike uh, brought, brought a great statement with that The week after we were talking about it And I'm going to highlight it As a matter of fact, Philip just said But look what he says in chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians I'm going to pick it up in verse 4 And I'd like to read down to and include verse 16 I probably won't, I may have time But I'll see what the Holy Spirit says Chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians, beginning of verse 4. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in the hope of your calling, called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father above all, through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given, what's the next word, grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And when you begin to look at that, you say, well, that gift that Christ gives us is salvation. Well, it is a gift, but if you read this in the context of where this uh, is written and what Paul was teaching, he's not talking about the grace that causes us to be saved. He's talking about the grace that God gives us after we're saved to serve Him, to be able to serve. Y'all know we can't do anything without the grace of God? we're saved by grace, we live by grace, we're kept by grace, we die by grace, we'll be eternity. eternity about grace. See, when, look, and, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to testify to my ignorance. Where I grew up and, and as I was growing up, I didn't know that there were any more gifts, you know, really, other than, you know, teaching and preaching and singing in the choir. I mean, I, you know, or not gifts, but ministries. I, I I thought ministry was limited. Hey, and probably you did too. But I have learned as a pastor, I've, I've tried to figure out how can I measure, how can I gauge when a church, quote unquote, is arriving, is getting to the place where God wants it to, what He's intended for it to do. And here's my progression, my evolution. And I thought, well... It's got to be in numbers. It's just got to be in numbers. The number of people that attend got to be in numbers. Well, numbers are important. There's a book, no numbers. In the book of Acts, he counted numbers. Numbers are important. They represent souls. So they are important, but the Lord said, no, that's not it. I went for a little while longer, and I thought, well, I had the wrong number. As I grew and learned, I began to look at another number on the bulletin, on the registry, like we got out here digitally now the money that people were getting how many how much they tied and their offerings above their are tied just how it, it was a good representation of how spiritually fit and well the church was you get a bunch of sheep that's not real happy they don't give a lot but when they're content they're happy they're fed i mean i mean you know what i'm saying things they give and i thought well that's it that's the number I was still stuck up on number, and I went for a long time. The Lord didn't say anything, and He said, that's not it. Do you know where I'm at now? And I've had this for several years. It hadn't changed yet. It still may. I come to learn that a church is getting to the place that God intends for it to, to be when every member in that fellowship of faith is doing what God has enabled them to do, gifted them to do, and enabled them to do to minister to the glory of God and to the benefit of everybody else in that place. Whether it's seen or unseen, if they're doing it from their heart, I just talked to a preacher friend of mine. I brought him down here yesterday. I took him out to lunch. His wife just recently passed. and He'd been on my heart, and I brought him down. so would got time to go see the church. He, he was just blown away with this place. Just bragged and bragged and bragged. was just, just so happy with what the Lord was, was doing with us. You know what? I don't know what I was going to say after I said that now. It may come back, and it may not at this age. But anyway, whatever it was, it was, it was a good point. It went right with this. Wendell, your gift is visiting hospitals. You enjoy that, don't you? You call you 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 love it. It's 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 something. I mean I mean Keltzer, I mean you know he's our he's one of our tech men. Dave's one of our tech men. Jason Walls. I'm telling you what well, I've watched him grow in the last. What, two or three years? Just amazing. He's found his niche. So it is a growing part. Here's what I was going to say when I got to Johnny Barker, unless it's leaving me again. Please don't let it leave again, Lord. What you said, Wendell, sparked my mind to what it was I should have interrupted you. Well, I'll be John Brown. Well, that's good, Angie. I like that, Angie said, we may not have yet filled this place up, but we're filling people up that are in it. Thank you, Lord. Here it is, Johnny when I talking, all right? And I told him, I said, you know what, Johnny, I said, for years I tried to figure out, you know, how to do this and get people to do that and whatnot. And I said, this church has taught it to me. You have taught me that what it takes to minister. Everybody is in ministry of some sort. If everybody heard me say that, say amen. You see what I was trying to say a while ago, I didn't say it so well. I thought the only ministry that could be done was pulpit ministry. Somebody taught or preached a deacon the led to serve, that kind of thing. My understanding, like Wendell said, was limited. But ministry, and when a church is getting to where God intends for it to be, everybody, because, here's the key, they love the Lord, will be doing what they can to glorify God and to edify their brothers. Doesn't that make sense before I ask you? Does that, does that resonate in your heart? But I like what you just said. Thank you, Lord. Lord, mercy. That's what God does. God doesn't give give to me the measure of grace for your gift that you need. He he gives you what you need. He gives me what I need. He measures it out. He doesn't give me more than I need or less than I need. Does that make sense in this? It's according to the gift that God gives us. He matches or measures the grace needed for the gift that He calls us to. Let me read this on down. It'll become a little bit more clear, maybe. Wherefore, He saith, when He ascended on high, led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men. Now, that He ascended, what is it? But He also descended first the lower parts of the earth. He descended as the same, that ascended far above all the heavens, that He might feel all things, and He gave. All right? There He is graced. These people that are already saved, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers. And there is a purpose in all of this. That's why I say I need to read on down to verse 16. I'm not going to. And the reason is for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. When we do what we're supposed to do as a body, we minister one to another and glorify God. And let let me take it a little bit further. If I can find the verse really quick, I believe I know where it's at, the book of Acts chapter 13. Um, that's where I'm going to look ah there it is everybody turn turn quickly to the book of Acts chapter 13 really really quick read verses 1 and 2 and there's a great phrase in here something that we don't think very much of this is a great passage and, and this has to do when Paul was set aside him of Barnabas in, in, in missionary work now there were at the church um, that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, Simeon that was called Niger Lu- 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 Lucius of Cyrene and, uh, and uh, Ma- Manan, man, that word, which had yeah, what is it? Manaan, thank you. Um, if I'd have had time to practice, that I could have got it. I'd have Googled it, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetriarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, "Separate me, Barnabas and Saul." notice notice the order there that's important it'll change later but he goes on to say uh, to the work or for the work when I've called them and when they had fasted and prayed they." Um, there it is I, I went past that I read it too fast look here at the beginning of verse 2 and they ministered to the Lord but, but did you ever pay any attention to that phrase beginning of verse 2 of chapter 13 and they ministered to the Lord. We're talking about men in a church that were doing a job. They were, they were coming together. They were being a part of the called-out assembly. They, they were teaching the word of God. They were learning the word of God. They were encouraging each other. They were praying for one another. They were walking for the Lord, walking with the Lord, walking one. Are y'all and do and you ever think when we come here, friend, we don't minister to each other, we minister to the Lord? So does this make sense? Ministered to the Lord. I don't know. I remember when I learned that, I heard a man preach on it. And it just kind of blew me away. But this measure that we get, the enablement, is the grace of God. I preached a message one time on grace. And it means it means so, so many things. I mean, the word grace has more than one definition. Let's move on. Let, let's get done with this. Sometime, one, sometime back when uh, Spurgeon was in the tabernacle, the Metropolis Tabernacle. Can't think exactly the proper name. Somebody asked him if, if he had showed them the bowler room. And he said, Yeah, I'll, I'll take you to the bowler room. Took him downstairs in the church and went by several rooms and one was had the door closed and he opened it up. When he opened it up, there's about a hundred men on their face before God praying, and Spurgeon looked at him and said, That's our bowler room. So prayer is such an important, important thing. Well, let's finish this. I'm not going to spend because I don't have time. There's a lot in here. Look what he said in verse 6, 7, and 8. He said now, he said, for obedience, he said, receive grace and apostleship. Let me go back to that. I don't want to pass that up. The word apostle comes from apostolos in the Greek. Apostolos is made up of two words, apo, a-p-o, and stelos, s-t-e-l-o-s, which means apo means from, and stelos means sent. So when you look at apostle. When you look at the word apostle as a group, special group called by Jesus Christ, chosen by our Lord, we find here's the key, the big A, apostle, or the office. See, Mike came back the week after, he and a friend had been talking, and Andalia's brother is one of those he'd been talking to, and they decided that there would be like, you've got a big G God and a little g God to emphasize a difference in the Word of God. If we looked at this, the word apostle, as big A, speaking to, referring to those goals, those that have been called and chosen by Jesus Christ Himself into an office, the big A, the little a are those like Barnabas, Linus I believe was one of them, a few others that had the designation of apostle or an apostleship, which could cover all of us. Here's the definition that I come with. It's used in reference To the other men, not to those uh, as we referred to the twelve mentioned above in what I just had said. These other men are called out from among the ranks of the churches that they minister in for the purpose of fulfilling a commission of the church or of the apostles. Is that a good definition? Is that a good way to explain it? makes sense to me. It's a position not as an office, but as, a, as with a message commissioned on a special task. Let me give you, me give you a man that may have been called an apostle. can't remember. Epaphroditus. I love his name, Epaphroditus. I'm glad I didn't have to learn it and spell it in grade school, but I like his name. Epaphroditus was a minister. He, he did things that no one else would do. And he did it to the point that he became sick, so sick that he almost died. Now, Paul couldn't just use his gift of healing on Epaphras because Epaphras didn't need to be saved. He had faith in God, and he didn't need a miracle, you know, to convince him that God was God and all that. So Paul couldn't just use his miracles liberally. Matter of fact, Paul, look, the Lord had mercy on on Epaphroditus and me also. Paul thought he was going to die. He left him sick. So that's kind of the idea. Somebody that ministers and even Epaphras did it to pretty much almost the cost of his old life. And we're to carry this. We're to carry this message that God has given to us into all the world. I like, I like, I like what an old preacher, he's dead and gone now, by the name of Tom Malone said. He was the pastor of a church in, in Minnesota, I believe it was. And he and his wife, he said, we've had to He said, we've had the same phone number for 63 or 68 years. He said, people will call me and they'll say, oh, Brother Tom, I got the wrong number. And he'll say, no, wait just a minute. You got the right number. He said he never turned anybody down. You know, if it's somebody, you know, so I've got the wrong number. If it was, was, you know, it was pre, uh, uh, what's these people that, no, not pre-caller ID. What do these people do? Telemarketers, thank you. I, I mean, they quit calling him, he said. You know, it was early on, he said, they quit calling me because I'd tell them about, do you know Jesus? Are you saved? Boy, I, I wish I had that kind of mind. I, I'd like to do that. Listen to what he said, and, and there's a lot in these three things. I just want to let us know. Among whom also you're also the called of Jesus Christ. Folks, I'm telling you, when you begin to think about, he has called us, he has chosen us. And he's called us out of this world unto himself to all that be in Rome, beloved of God. I, I, I know it says beloved, but I was raised saying the word beloved, beloved, beloved. It, it just, it sounds better. You know, when, when, when the word of God talks and says we're beloved of God, it means God loves us. God loves everybody. But I believe when we're in that covenant relationship with him, There's a different love, a deeper love, a special love that he has for us. And look what he says. Boy, I really wanted to spend time on this. Called to be saints. That's what we're supposed to be. We're to be saintly. We're not always saintly, but we're always saints. And I got news for the Roman Catholic Church you become a saint way before you die. Yeah, it's exactly right like by some counsel. You're right, John. You're, you're a saint. You're set apart. You're chosen. And listen, folks, well, we, believe it or not, this world has gone crazy and getting crazier. We have been set apart from the world. We belong to God. We don't even belong to ourselves. And we're to give service. Everything we are, everything we have, everything is to be His. And the more we allow that to happen, the better off we'll be. More of His blessings, more of His power, more of His presence—we'll see manifest. So much to say, unless He convicts me, and I have to pick those back up. We'll move on into verse uh, eight and following, and look at the heart of Paul next week. All right, Jerry, get us a verse of song, and we we'll, i imagine we'd have gotten done early tonight, but.